the Memorare. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to your protection, implored your help, or sought your intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly to you, O Virgin of Virgins, my mother. To you I come, before you I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in your mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. All across the Gulf South, it's 7 a.m. Time to wake up on Catholic Community Media. Good morning, you're listening to Wake Up. On this beautiful Wednesday morning, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson and Johnny Bear. Hey guys, Hello. happy Wednesday. Hey. Good morning, good to be with you. <laughs> Wednesday already. Or as Johnny says... It's Wednesday coming day. There you go, there it is, okay. <laughs> Could be any day. Could be any day. <laughs> That's right. right. Always got to be ready. Good day today. I'm, uh, we're remembering St. Francis de Sales, our saint of the day. Uh, near and dear to us over here because St. Jane de Chantal uh, was his, uh, he was her mentor and that's the parish we go to. So what a incredible witness, especially if you are into, uh, if you love Catholic uh, writers and authors, books and apologists, he's their patron saint. So You have St. Saint de Chantal today? Oh no, he Saint Jean de Chantel. Uh, he he uh, mentored her. And, oh, he mentored uh, so, Saint. Fr- okay, gotcha. Yes, yeah. gotcha. he did. Okay, and, I'm and sorry. With uh, I must yeah. have blacked out there for a second. Okay, I'm good. I'm with you. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so let's let's get our day started in Please. prayer. If we, it's the, in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My God, I give you this day. I offer you now all the good that I shall do, and I promise to accept. For love of you, all the difficulties that I shall meet, help me to conduct myself during this day in a manner pleasing to you. For we know we shall steer safely through every storm, so long as our heart is right, our intention fervent, our courage steadfast, and our trust fixed on you, our God. And if at times, Lord, we are somewhat stunned by the tempest, may we never fear. Rather, let us take within us the breath of you and go on afresh filled with confidence in your abiding love. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. St. Francis de Sales, pray for us. Pray for us. And that prayer is from St. Francis de Sales. There you go. Mm, Great. Nice. Thank you so much, Johnny. And that little tidbit, I love it when saints were best friends back in the day and they met each other or they've crossed paths. That is just the coolest thing to me. So I love hearing those fun facts. I did not know that about St. Jane de Chantal and St. Francis de Sales. Well, we're looking forward to Johnny's gospel reflection coming up at seven after. Johnny always has some wonderful insights on today's reading. In 18 minutes, Lonnie Thibodeau joins us. He's a director of media and public relations of the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. And today, Lonnie is going to be giving us an update on the Homa Thibodeau Diocese. And as you can guess, we are going to be talking about Bishop Mario Dorsonville's funeral arrangements, kind of an update on who's stepping into his position currently until Pope Francis makes a final decision on who will be Bishop of the Diocese. So Lonnie is going to give us all of that information today. So stay tuned for that update. In 35 minutes, Dina Dow joins us. She's a director 
of Evangelization and Catechesis of the Diocese of Baton Rouge. And today we are talking about humility and prayer. And Dr. Jordan Haddad, president of the St. Louis the Ninth Art Society and professor of dogmatic theology at Notre Dame Seminary, will continue our Catholic 101 segment. And today we are diving into vocations and discernment. So he's going to be talking about that and looking forward to it. Something that we should pray about always. Yep. We should always be discerning constantly on what God wants us to do, whether it's in our lives or in our day-to-day activities. So it's going to be a wonderful discussion with Dr. Haddad. Well, stay with us. We have your gospel and reflection coming up right after the break. It is five past the hour on Wake Up. Good Wednesday morning, I'm Father Chris Decker, and today's gospel comes to us from Mark chapter 4. On another occasion, Jesus began to teach by the sea. A very large crowd gathered around him so that he got into a boat on the sea and sat down, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on land. And he taught them at length in parables, and in the course of his instruction he said to them, Hear this, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell on the path, and the birds came and ate it up. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it had little soil. It sprang up at once because the soil was not deep, and when the sun rose it was scorched and it withered for lack of roots. Some seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it produced no grain. And some seed fell on rich soil and produced fruit. It came up and grew and yielded thirty, sixty, and a hundredfold. He added, Whoever has ears ought to hear. And when he was alone, those present along with the twelve questioned him about the parables. He answered them, The mystery of the kingdom of God has been granted to you, but to those outside everything comes in parables, so that they may look and see but not perceive, and hear and listen but not understand, in order that they may not be converted and be forgiven. Jesus said to them, Do you not understand this parable? Then how will you understand any of the parables? The sower sows the word. These are the ones on the path where the word is sown. As soon as they hear, Satan comes at once and takes away the word sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground who, when they hear the word, receive it at once with joy. But they have no roots. They last only for a time. Then when tribulation or persecution comes because of the word, they quickly fall away. Those sown among thorns are another sort. They are the people who hear the word, but worldly anxiety, the lure of riches, and the craving for other things intrude and choke the word, and it bears no fruit. But those sown on rich soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it, and bear fruit thirty and sixty and a hundredfold. Well, thank you, Father Chris Decker. Thank you so much. Well, guys, you got to love the parables that are not only so rich in imagery and meaning, but Jesus explains it all to us. I love these. Uh, and yet, you know, that doesn't exhaust what these uh each what these can mean to each of us personally does it and so i find myself thinking and asking which one of these examples am i the rocky ground the shallow soil the one with all the thorns or temptations maybe even the rich soil and i don't know about you but sometimes i think the answer is yeah i'm all of (laughs) those i was thinking the same thing (laughs) it's what am i today right 
Exactly. Yeah, what yeah. am I to even on a given day? You know, there's been times when I've been oblivious, yeah. to, you know, to what's happening in people's lives around me, that rocky ground, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and then there's other times I just push what's good and holy and true right out of my mind. Uh, and certainly there's a million temptations, worries that stifle any good that I do do, or I find myself relying far too much on my own abilities, right? Mm. But thank God, God is patient with us. But you know, you know, the Lord, these parables are, have some deep truths that regarding our salvation here that we really need to kind of make sure we, we pull out of this. And it's consistent with many other parables and, and passages in the Bible. Uh, the first is that, you know, uh, we are totally dependent. Our salvation is on the grace of our generous God. He spreads the faith. He spreads these seeds and he's in this love in us. He instills in us a yearning to be with him. And then he gives us everything we need to be saved. He does save us. And yet we didn't earn it. Uh, we didn't, we can't earn that kind of love. That's our initial uh, salvation. Mm -hmm. But here's the second truth. Even though God sends out this invitation that saves us initially after we're baptized, we can lose our salvation as this parable testifies. Our salvation is not assured. It requires our daily cooperation. And there's a lot of things that we do to deny this grace, to suppress it, to choke it. And hence you hear about this falling away of those who clearly at first believed. And here's the one that really gets to me, this truth number three. You've heard that saying, uh, you've made your bed, now lay in it, Yeah, you know? Mm -hmm. In this case, we're making the soil that God's graces fall upon. It's not God's fault what is happening here in this field. I mean, a hard, rocky heart is laid with the stones of many bad decisions. A shallow soul is the result of chasing and thinking all those things that are shallow. And here's the big one. Thorns don't just plant themselves right next to us. We choose sometimes to follow horrible examples and to stay in these toxic environments. Mm -hmm. So let's not blame God, right? If these graces don't bear anything, you know, the fruit that that's promised to us. Now, here's the good news. You know, the good news is it's still raining seeds out there and anyone can clean out all that bad seed at the confessional and pick up all the graces, the good seed from the sacraments, especially the sacrifice of the Holy Mass. And here's the other one, truth number four. If we wanna be truly happy, successful, and fulfilled, I'm speaking to myself here, <laughs> we gotta <laughs> quit trying to do it on our own. Boy, isn't that the truth? And, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and defining these things as the world defines it. Right, yeah. Dave, we got this one tiny piece of bread, we got these tiny gifts, we got these seemingly impossible dreams, and if we try and please and feed only ourselves, we will end up possibly successful, but alone and eating scraps, basically. But when we surrender whatever that purpose is to the Lord and our service of others, one day we find ourselves laughing with God to see everything that he has done. And then you start to see his seed, his grace is just falling everywhere. Yes. So today with this parable, the Lord tells all, all of us who are popping in and out of the soil, sometimes daily, Keep your eyes on me, says the Lord. Plant your feet in my footsteps. Everything else is just noise. Yeah. So far more than just a parable, huh?
Oh man, absolutely. This is this is one of the richest ones uh, there is. It can it can go. I mean, in all kind of directions. Hey, Dina just joined us in the studio too. You you, you can chime right in Speedy anytime. <laughs> As a matter of fact, it's kind of a preview of where we're going a little later on today when yeah. we're going to be talking. Right. I was just thinking exactly. about Johnny's imagery of um, planting our feet in God's soil, and yes. all of our little feet are dirty with the the beautiful holy soil of the Lord. And um, and just allowing his light to shine on us, you know, that that cultivation of that light. Yes. And um, yeah, yes. but Johnny's right. There's just so many times that our hearts can be hardened. Those seeds fall through those cracks. We have, have all kind of things. So much hope. All yeah. kind of things that can that, and, and the thorns. I mean, it's right here. I'm holding up my phone. Uh, I mean, you know, I mean, goodness gracious. Yeah. There's all yeah. kind of things that'll choke it off. Distractions, yeah, right? That absolutely. take us away from that. Yeah. yeah. But prayer, which we'll talk about later. It's going to root us in Amen. that. Yeah, and that's oil. Go. Good stuff, Johnny. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, well, stay with us. Lonnie Thibodeau is going to join us after this to update us on what's happening in the Homo Thibodeau Diocese. A lot is going on there. Oh, wow. And, yes. Uh, so remember, if you think you've arrived, you're probably not where the Lord wants you to be. Humility. Well, Dina's going to tell us about that later. <laughs> it's quarter past the hour now on Wake Up. This is Franciscan Media's Saint of the Day for January 24th. Today we celebrate St. Francis de Sales. A father can wish his son might follow in his footsteps, but wishing isn't always enough. Francis de Sales was, in the eyes of his father, sure to be a lawyer and would take his elder's place as a senator from France. The young man studied law, but felt called to the priesthood. Francis, ordained in 1593, demonstrated special talents in preaching and serving the poor and sick. In the Diocese of Geneva, he was able to reconvert many of the Catholics there who had lapsed into Calvinism. He achieved great success through preaching and distributing small pamphlets he wrote to explain true Catholic doctrine. At 35, he became Bishop of Geneva. For his writings, Francis de Sales has been named patron of the Catholic Press. His works, filled with his gentle spirit, are addressed to lay people. He's also remembered for his collaboration with another saint, Jane Frances de Chantal, in founding the Sisters of Visitation. Francis de Sales once maintained he had a quick temper, but few saw evidence of it. His perennial meekness and sunny disposition have won for him the title Gentleman Saint. There's more about the saints along with inspiration and Catholic resources at our website, saintoftheday.org. From Franciscan Media, this has been Saint of the Day. It is 19 past the hour. You are tuning your heart to the truth. I'm Gabby Smith, along with David Dawson and Johnny A. Bear. <laughs> I forgot who was with me. What day is this? Yeah. <laughs> Lonnie Thibodeau now joins us. We're so grateful to have Lonnie with us. He's the yes. Director of Media and Public Relations of the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau. Lonnie, I, um, we've been praying for you guys. <laughs> it seems like every time that you guys have popped in our head, which seems to be every just, second of the stunned. day, yeah. we're shocked. Yeah. And I think so many people are. Yeah. How are you doing? How are you guys doing? Well, thank you, Gabby. Thanks for having us on. And, you know, certainly shock, I think, is, is a very appropriate word. I don't think any of us um, certainly could have, um, you know, foreseen this coming. Uh, it, it was it was, and will remain a shock to us always. I mean, losing Bishop Dorsonville, you know, last Friday night is, 
you know, I mean, it, it's been an incredible, you know, run for our diocese, you yeah. know, from, from COVID to Hurricane Ida. Mm. It took a year for us to get that bishop, yeah. and then he only got to service for 10 months. But, but in, in those 10 months, a lot was accomplished. And, you know, you, you know, today's gospel, you know, talking about, the, you know, the planting of the seed, and, you know, a lot of seeds were planted. You know, and, and, you know, his legacy, I think, will live on in, in, in many, many positive ways in our diocese for, for a long, long time. But to, to say he is greatly missed is the, is the understatement of, of today or any day. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I don't think I've ever seen a picture of him where he wasn't smiling from, from ear to ear, always yeah. so joyful, just so happy to be where he is at that moment. Um, so tell us what's, what's happening now. So we've been sharing a lot of your stuff, updates, funeral arrangements. Talk about that for those who want to attend. Is it open to the public? Yes, it, it is, Gabby, and, and I'm glad you asked. The, the funeral arrangements um, are as follows, and it's interesting. Remember, we're one of those rare dioceses in, in, in America. I think there's only like six or seven that are co-dioceses, where mm-hmm. you get Homa Thibodeau, you know. Right. So, um, so we, uh, in, and by the way, he, he, he did have a will, and he did have some specific um, requests uh, for if something like this would ever happen, although we certainly did not anticipate. Let's, let's make that clear. Mm. But, but one of the things is making sure that both of our cathedrals, St. Francis de Sales and Homa, and of course the co-cathedral, St. Joseph and Thibodeau, that w- would be involved and, and certainly will be. Um, and by the way, did you notice whose feast day it is today? St. Francis the Saint. Yes, yeah, that, which mm-hmm. is the patron saint. Parish. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, what are the odds of that? I know. You know wow. so, yeah. so the way that the, way the, the funeral rites will, will take place on Wednesday, next Wednesday, a week from today, week from today, Wednesday, January 31st, at the Cathedral of St. Francis in Homa, there will be a visitation, and he will be lying in state uh, from 9 a.m. to 5.30 p.m., all day long. Mm. There will be an evening prayer at 5.30 and then a memorial mass at 7 p.m. Um, so that is the first day, Wednesday. Then the body will be moved to St. Joseph Co-Cathedral in Thibodeau. So next Thursday, February 1st, visitation from 8 a.m. to 2 p.m., and the funeral mass uh, will take place at 2 p.m., and there will be a reception to follow, because, Gabby, you made a great point. None of us ever saw a picture of the man not smiling. Mm-hmm. And, and, yeah. and knowing him, and, and you know, people ask, you know, when was the last time you saw him? When was the last day you talked to him? Was the Tuesday. He died on Friday. I talked to him on Tuesday. And as we're walking down the hall together, smile. I mean, he yeah. always smiled. He, he was always jovial. I mean, it, 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 he just had an amazing gift from God that, that I think we all need to, to, to emulate and to follow. And so a reception, some people say, oh, you're going to have a reception at the funeral? Yes, yes. we will. <laughs> we will have food and drink, and we will enjoy each other's company, and we're going to celebrate that man's legacy. Because you know what? That's what he would have wanted. That's what he would have wanted. 
You know, so mm-hmm. that's yeah. what we're going to do. Yeah. And right. I, I apologize yeah. for the emotion, but I've got no. to admit this is one no. of the first times I'm getting emotional since it's happened. Yeah. Because we all have to put on our brave face and our big boy pants, and we have to do what we have to do. You know, from picking mm-hmm. a new diocesan administrator to planning the funeral to, you know, everything that you have to do. And it's hard sometimes to get, you know, to actually come to grips with the grief. As our new diocesan administrator, Father Simon Peter Engelret, said to us a couple days ago, he said, you know, we're gr- the reason we're in pain right now, the reason we grieve is because we love. Yeah. We have the capacity for love, and because we love, we grieve. Yeah. And that's why this hurts so much. And people of faith like us have that capacity. Yeah. So this is perfectly normal. This is perfectly okay. You know, and it's okay. We as a diocese are going to be okay. We're right. going to be all right. Yeah. But we're going to honor that man's legacy forever. Lonnie, it's, uh, it's David. I'm, I was listening to the uh, it's a national uh, show this morning before ours, the Sunrise Morning Show. They're aware of it, and they are devastated. Yeah. And I can tell you the show after our show, they're going to be talking about this, too, as well. So so you, you, you wow. know in the home of Thibodeau Diocese that the whole nation is going to be praying for that because it, mm-hmm. it's, it's a blow. It's tough for anybody to hear this. That, that, I know, uh, Dave. You know, uh, yeah, Dave, you know, I just had a memory involving you, actually, and I think back to that day, you know, a year ago yeah. when we had the press conference announcing him, and you, it was the first time you and I officially got to shake hands and yeah. really meet each other. You were sitting on that front row, yeah. and I remember that. I just remember so many wonderful, warm you know, positive memories from that day of yeah. uh, of introducing this man to you know to people for the first time, and you were right there. You were right in the front row, and you mm-hmm. got the experience for the first time. Well, we got the experience for the past ten months. This beautiful, yeah. fun loving French Colombian bishop of ours who <laughs> who who just had an ability to engage and with people. And, and you know, this sounds so cliche. I know that, you know, you say about people, it's like when he's talking to you, you're the only person yes, in the world. right. Yes! Yeah. That phrase was meant for mm-hmm. this man, yeah. for Mario Eduardo Dorsonville. He was like mm-hmm. that. When he was talking to you, there was no one else on the planet. Mm-hmm. He locked his eyes into your eyes, and he was touching your heart, and, 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 and you know, your, your hopes and prayers and, and frailties and problems in this world were his for that three minutes, five minutes, whatever it was. What an amazing gift he had. Yes. No, you know, we can all emulate that. When I, when I grow up, I want to be like him. I know. I want to be that. six months older than me. That <laughs> cheerful, <laughs> that cheerful, that witty. And I was thinking to myself, yeah. I just remember that, boy, the home of Thibodeau Diocese needs this cheerful wit, this uplifting, because that's what I remember about him. I remember that talk, even even him talking about being deathly afraid of alligators, and he heard that there was the place <laughs> was full yes. of alligators and he, he brought it up like four <laughs> times you know so i mean yeah, he was alligator thing. Yeah. yeah yeah so <laughs> i mean yeah but but i mean i just enjoyed his enthusiasm and his wit and his ultimate joy he just had this deep he deep to, sense of joy yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's just, you need that in today's world. You need that. Homo Thibodeau has, is so strong, Lonnie. You guys have been through so much within the last th- three, four, five years, um, like so many others, but especially you guys with Ida, with COVID and everything like that, you guys are so strong. You have the prayers of the surrounding diocese, the nation. I saw oh, yes. this on Catholic News Agency as well. So the word spreading. Right. 
Um, you know, and we will continue to share the updates coming from you guys as well. You're doing a great job on social media sharing well, that. So, thanks. can you? Thank you. Go ahead. No, I'm sorry. And, and again, I, and probably I'm assuming kind of what you're leading to is, you know, kind of what's next. I mean, people yeah. are obviously curious and we're making sure that first and foremost of any communication and anything we do or say or think or feel or pray about is, is, is the, you know, the memory, the soul of our beloved Bishop Dorsonville. But we've got to move on in, in the business, if you will, of the church and the diocese continue. And our college of consultors uh, 48 right. hours ago, a little less than 48 hours ago, selected Father Simon Peter Ingerat, who who has mm -hmm. been serving as our vicar general since 2017 as our, our diocesan administrator, which I think was an excellent, perfect choice. Um, so we're very, very pleased about that. So mm -hmm. uh, Father Simon Peter will lead us until at whatever point, because we're in sede vacante, uh, meaning, you know, the, the, the bishop's chair is vacant. So we, yeah. we stay in that state un until the, the Holy Father selects a new um, uh, pope, which everybody goes, well, how long does that take? Well, it depends, and it took a year <laughs> the last time. Right. So we really don't, we don't know. We mm -hmm. don't know, but we're in very, very steady, capable hands up until whenever that's going to be. So, so we're okay. We're okay. We're in good hands, and we're working hard. We're planning that funeral. We're, you know, working together with Father Simon Peter to, to you know, to keep things going here in our diocese while always keeping an eye on that legacy, you know, of Bishop Dorsonville. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, I will see you that's soon. Definitely. That's for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll be Thank there. Thank you. So, yes. Thank you. Well, and we'll be praying for you guys, Lonnie, and anything that you guys need, um, you know, uh, to keep us posted on, on exactly sure. what you're looking for from our listeners as far as prayers go, mm -hmm. but also um, moving forward, any updates, because the process starts all over again, and we know how long mm -hmm. that process took about a year ago right. as well. So yeah. uh, we appreciate the updates moving forward. We'll continue to pray for you guys, sure. Lonnie. Uh, Lonnie thank Thibodeau, you. Director of Media and Public Relations of the Diocese of Homa Thibodeau, thank you so much for being with us today. All right. Thank you. God bless you. All right. Definitely wow. take a look at their social media accounts because they've been sharing a plethora of information, uh, really keeping us up to date uh, for those who want to attend the funeral service, prayer services, and uh basically moving forward next yeah, steps forward. everything like that so they've been doing a good job with that stay with us dina dow of the diocese of baton rouge joins us when we return from the break it is half past the hour on wake up Thirty-five past the hour, you are tuning your heart to the truth. I am David Dawson, along with Gabby Smith and Johnny A. Bear, and right now we have Dina Dow. She's the director of evangelization and catechesis in the Diocese of Baton Rouge, joining us once again. Love to have your lovely face in our yeah, studio. Thank you. Good morning. Yeah. Good morning. I'm still thinking about Lonnie Thibodeau's um, interview Jeez. and just just reassuring our family uh, you know and friends and Homa Thibodeau that the Diocese of Baton Rouge is just in complete prayer for yes. everyone I, mean, I just remember when Bishop Dorsonville was chosen yeah. and I, I followed everything yeah like oh they have a bishop like five in the morning you know they're releasing this and then you know watching his acceptance speech you know call it with the alligators was hilarious yeah. 
I can't even imagine. I think you brought it up like four times. I'm like, he did. It was so funny. <laughs> and then just being so happy. You know, my husband and I had taken some college students down to Homa Thibodeau after the hurricane mm-hmm. to help with recovery efforts. And, um, you know, they are just such a strong people. I yeah. mean, just yeah. beautiful endurance. And so now just embracing their new bishop, having the gift of, of him serving them. And even if it was for... 10 months, we, you know, we say only sure, 10 months. Sure. Like Lonnie said, 10 months of planting the seeds. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a purpose, there was an intention of that mission. Mm-hmm. And there was a joy, that underlying joy in that, which kind of leads me to what we're talking about today. Because, you know, you and I were talking, Dave, at the break. I'm convinced that Bishop Dorsonville was rooted in prayer. Oh, yeah. And humility, because that the fruit of that mm-hmm. is joy and peace. Yeah. Yeah. And so no, you're absolutely great. right. Just the things he said and everything. He was a, he was the epitome of humility I because know. of the, the self depreciating jokes yeah. and everything. He was he like I said that just made him all the more yeah. delightful, you yeah. know. But you're but you're absolutely right. When you're in a humble situation, mm. and if you think about mm-hmm. it, the the entire diocese is now. Yes. I mean, this is tough. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, I know my my heart aches for him as well. And and so they're in a position. Mm. I mean. Like you have been, like you're saying, humility in prayer. Those yeah. prayers are heard. And right? the humility is not humiliation. It's no. when we begin our prayer, we bow our head. Mm-hmm. We are right? we're in humble We are in, uh, in humble state. Yeah, yeah. We, mm-hmm. we are embracing the enormity mm-hmm. of the love of our Lord mm-hmm. and, and, and our willingness to surrender ourselves completely. As, as Johnny was even mm-hmm. saying that earlier, because, I mean, it's so easy to say, I got this, I'm going yeah. to do this. Yeah, we don't. And, and that we automatically <laughs> do that, right, yeah. Johnny? I mean, you, you, yeah. you were saying that, I mean, we, we, we want to, we just naturally take mm-hmm. it and run with it, and sometimes yeah. we leave God out of the picture. Yeah, right? yeah. And, you so. know, in the catechism, we always, you know, it, we talk about St. Therese, you know, prayer is the lifting of one's mind and heart to God, right? Yeah. So we lift our, our hearts and our minds up to the Lord, and then we understand and we bow mm-hmm. that we know that he, that the Lord is our God, yeah. is a creator, does want everything good for us. And there are things that happen, hiccups in life, like, what wow, was yeah. that? Mm-hmm. But even through our suffering, you know, we cleave ourselves to the passion of Christ Mm -hmm. through the times of hardship and suffering, because knowing that the resurrection is the light and there is hope in every single thing that we do. So prayer not only lifts our minds and our hearts and roots our relationship and our Lord, but also, too, gives us and plans with us that hope mm-hmm. of things that are to come that we cannot see. Right. There's no explanation right now for things that happen no. you know, that, that come out of the blue. But we also know rooted in prayer, our faith is strengthened, our trust in the Lord is strengthened, and that we understand His mercy and compassion is there, even though we can't explain it. Right. Like we, and we're grieving. Like I listened to Father Simon Peter's um, kind of announcement yesterday of him becoming the administrator of the, the diocese, yeah. and mm-hmm. he did. He said, "We grieve because we love." Yeah, you know. And so, thinking even at the foot of the cross, there was grief because there was so much love, mm-hmm. and and that love is is what we are rooted in and cultivated in. Thank goodness, yeah. So I that mean, we that can does. grow yes. in strength and humility. And so, those are just kind of foundations. And humility comes with trust. And it comes with like our choice to say yes to that. So I mean, volunteering that humility to the Lord and not holding back, right? But just being like, Lord, you know, you have this. You have this, and and more importantly, I have nothing. Right. You know. Right. I right. mean, I just and that that is the hardest for 
me and a lot of people to do because yeah. we come, you know, sometimes when, when times are okay. Yeah. I have nothing. Fine. Yeah. But the Lord gives us everything. Yes. Everything mm-hmm. that we need. Everything. Even though we're like, this is not exactly what I asked This isn't for, what I had in mind. Or expected. <laughs> but that's okay because our expectations are so limited. Um, because God's love is so inf- infinite. Mm-hmm. Like there are things that are poured upon us we never would have even expected. And so thinking about, you know, kind of our brothers and sisters in home Thibodeau, you know, just like, oh, again, oh, is it another? And it's like there's something always greater coming for us I in agree. times of darkness. I have yeah. great hope yeah. for the diocese of home I also have hope, too, that Bishop Dorsonville is at in a position to be able to really pray for us. Oh, yeah. Like I was like thinking about the sadness, you know, of losing him so suddenly, but the opportunity was like, oh my goodness, intercessory prayer is Mm -hmm. real. Mm -hmm. So that's a part of prayer. (laughs) I know, yeah. So intercessory prayer and asking him to pray for, you know, this time of change and and newness and uncertainty and and to like release from the anxiety but fill us with the peace like mm-hmm. just asking the lord through the intercession of bishop dorsonville to please just fill us with your peace mm-hmm. during mm-hmm. these times of changes Dina, one of the most unusual prayers when I read it for the first time was the litany of humility. Oh my goodness. Yes. Okay. And it's because like <laughs> yes. I don't want any of this. But then but then but then when I read it more and more I realized, no, I do want of this because it is from the fear yeah. or yes. from the yeah. want. And it's like, yeah, I don't wanna want and I don't want to be afraid. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And if all that goes away, guess what you have? You have peace. Yes. So yeah. the litany of humility yeah. blew my mind, but but I can't recommend it enough, but but do you have any other ideas as far as somebody saying, I don't understand the humility thing, and I yeah. don't even want to go in that direction? Yeah, I think, <laughs> you, know, you know, always prayer for sure, yeah. but asking for the grace of humility. It's, it's interesting, every year the Lord gives me a word for the year. Like one year it was courage, so all year everything courage popped up, and then okay. it was witness. This year in January, it was humility. I'm like, really? really? (laughs) Not the mood. (laughs) Okay. Lord, and and it's like, Lord, I'm asking for the grace of humility. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I I don't know everything. I don't need to know everything, but I know that you know everything and you know what needs to be done. You know what, where you are placing, Mm -hmm. you know, the mission in our hands wherever we serve. And so, so everything is thrown upon that. Just ask for the grace of humility, but don't be afraid to receive it. No, because the Lord will never humiliate us. It's like I think we get these terminologies, you know, but we're afraid to learn what we're going to learn about ourselves when we experience humility. Yeah, you know, it's like it's a matter of like I don't have to have I don't have to know how to do everything exactly that one way. Right. Yeah, you know, I have a, a team of people, for example, you know, at mm-hmm. the diocese, mm-hmm. and I'm like everybody has gifts and. I don't have to be the one to say, here's the idea. You know, it's like, oh, great. You're here. Your gifts. Yeah. Absolutely. So that's humility. Because mm-hmm. some people want to be in charge. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I don't want to be in you charge. Really don't. I want you to yeah. thrive. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to be that in charge. Right. The Lord's in charge ultimately. But being able to step back and bow to the person next to you and say, what are your gifts? What can you offer? Absolutely. Trusting that that's a voluntary humility, mm-hmm. that the Lord is going to have goodness out of that. So there's many, even thing, even simple things at home, you know, like like thinking that the way I wash dishes is better than where my husband does it. You know, yes. like It's yes. the simple things that cause the aggravations. Yeah. So when you feel yourself having a little edgy aggravation, it's like, oh, okay, where am I? 
like, where is this intersecting with my humility? Mm-hmm. Why am I aggravated with this? Well, I am certainly not compared. proud of the way I wash dishes. So, I mean, yeah, <laughs> you, I definitely bow to that. Uh, uh, to yeah, she's certainly that. better. Yeah, she's Waiting. certainly better oh, than that. So, asking for that. You know, the well, Lord talks about blessed are the poor in spirit, poverty in spirit. So, the Beatitudes are a good place to start, too. And welcome it. Yeah. It's going to be great. It. In other words, so it, it'll give you peace. So Absolutely. Dina, yeah. thanks for joining us oh, again. Thanks for asking again. You know? Yeah, I'll get to be back in the beginning of February. So we'll get to start uh, preparing for Lent. Oh huh. yes, absolutely. We got we got a lot oh, to talk about. I know. Yeah. How exciting. We have a great it's deal the most to talk wonderful about time that. of the year. <laughs> All right. Looking forward to talking to you. Thank you so much. Then, God bless I'll, you. I'll see you sooner than that. Oh, All yeah. right. It is forty four past the hour. When we come back, Johnny's gonna be talking to Jordan Haddad. It is forty five past the hour on Wake Up. Good morning on this blessed Wednesday as we are kind of counting the days getting toward Lent. And so we're preparing our hearts for that. A lot today, great show today, a lot of depth here today. Yeah. In fact, we're going to keep that up, right? We're going to be joined. We're joined right now by Dr. Jordan Haddad. He's the professor of dogmatic theology at Notre Dame Seminary. He's also the president of the St. Louis the Ninth art society and we're catching him as he's traveling over the troubled waters of chaos onto his <laughs> location good morning dr Haddad. good morning yeah good foggy wrecked morning yeah Ah, yeah, yeah. So it can be like a spiritual dimension of it. So, hey, so our topic this morning is on uh, the vocations and discernment. And this is a topic you and I, I know some of your friends quite well that know this topic quite well. So get us started off this morning. What are we talking about, Dr. Haddad, with respect to vocations and figuring out what ours is? Sure. Yeah. So um, a vocation. Uh, in the most basic sense, is a, a calling, specifically a calling from God. And if we think about salvation history, we see God calls all sorts of people for all sorts of purposes. So Adam and Eve, Noah, Abraham, Moses, Joshua, uh, in the New Testament, Mary, the apostles, you know, all of these people and more received these really marvelous callings to uh sort of stand up, you know, respond to God's invitation and take their place within the, the wider story of salvation for, for, the, for you know, for, for a greater purpose, you know, not just for themselves, but for other people as well. And what's true uh, in the Old and New Testaments is also true for us today. You know, God continues to call us, um, to invite us into his own life and to, um, and to take on uh, a certain certain positions in the wider framework of the church and of the world. And so it's a really important topic for us to think about because, you know, our lives in one sense, they happen to us, but but it all unfolds between God's sort of providence and and God calls us to be agents of, of his work. Um, and so in, in the sort of Catholic thinking, uh, there's there's three ways to think about, or three levels or dimensions of, of vocation. Um, 
the first vocation, the most primary and fundamental one for us as Catholics and Christians is our, our baptismal vocation. And baptism, we know, is you know, the beginning of the, of the Christian life, of the spiritual life. It's the foundation of everything. And through baptism, you know, we enter into the life of Christ. We're called to take on his mind, and we're called to follow him. And what comes with this baptismal vocation is this universal call to holiness. You know, this call to participate in the very life of God and, and to become like God in our own way, as it were. And this universal call to holiness really should and does, it sort of spills everything, right? It's what gives the, the trajectory and the motivation for the Christian life. And then from this baptismal vocation, you know, God invites us to commit ourselves to him and, and sometimes to other people in a very public and permanent, enduring way. This is what we call our state of life vocation. You know, so whether one is called to holy orders or to consecrated religious life or to holy matrimony, you know, God invites us into these public enduring relationships which which are always for the service of others and really gives a new form and shape to how we live out that universal call to holiness because it is sort of the path that we now are called to follow in order to, you know, in order to conform ourselves to God's own very life. So for us married folk, it, it runs through our spouse. You know, for priests, it, it runs through their their people that they're called to serve. And then finally, there's this uh, vocation as personal vocation, right? And personal vocation might be a new concept or an unfamiliar one, but really what this involves is just taking into consideration the totality of our lives, our strengths, our weaknesses, our gifts, our shortcomings, our opportunities, you know, our, our talents, all of those things that really constitute who and what we are in the concrete circumstances of our lives. And God calls us to, to follow him in the midst of all of those things, right? Whatever those things are, our profession, our, fami- our family relationships, um, the community in which we live, the gifts we have to offer, the, the gifts we don't have to offer, all of those things God is intimately involved with and concerned with and really becomes the substance of our day-to-day life that is unique and unrepeatable for each and every person. Yeah, so so I got a question. I mean, a lot of people uh, kind of, they go through that discernment and they have this vocation, but then things do happen. You may lose a loved one. You may have a real change in that uh, state of life. How do you then figure out, okay, I thought my vocation was this. How do you, what, what can you tell us about how you discern that, okay, now what's the Lord calling me to do? I didn't expect this. You know, I never thought this calling or this change. And now what? Yeah, exactly. And, and, uh, and yeah, and so consequent upon this idea of vocation is the idea of discernment, which really is coming to know in some sort of reliable way what God's calling is for us in our lives. And there's a lot that goes into that, but, you know, some of the, the, the basic principles of it is that, first and foremost, it is possible for us to know what God's calling is. You know, God wouldn't call us to do something unless he also gave us the ability to, to know it in some, some, some relatively certain way. Right. You know, and God right. always only calls us to that which is good, right? He never calls us to, you know, um, he never calls us to that which is, which is evil. He never calls us to that which is outside of, of who and what, you know, he is and the way that he creates us. So, so, 
So discernment, you know, can sort of get narrowed down to, you know, only discern that which is, is, is fundamentally good in and of itself. You know, God would never call us outside of that. And, and discernment is, 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 um, is, is always towards that which is possible and that which is, is, is responsible. So, um, so we can be certain that at any given moment in our life, the will of God is right there before us. You know, and most fundamentally, it's, it's called to love him above all things and to love our neighbor as Christ has loved us. You know, so it can take on that really practical form, and, and it's always going to be responsible in the sense that, you know, God calls us to look to the people and the things that are within that sphere of influence and to see what gifts do I have that can, that can best serve the people around me. You know, and so mm. I know that doesn't answer yeah. all the questions about discernment, but it but it definitely helps to give it some shape and some form. Right, right. Well, thank you so much. There's so much there. I, I, you know, uh, one thing that we'll catch on next time the catechism says our vocation is fulfilled in God's divine beatitude. And I read that and I went and read the beatitude and I said, that's Jesus's autobiography. I'm supposed to be that <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but, we, but Dr. Haddad, where can we, uh, yeah, so uh, thank you so much for that. How can we keep up with you? Yeah, through the seminary and then uh, with the St. Louis Knights Art Society, we have a, you know, an upcoming event, a Catholic art lecture, which, you know, you can learn more information about at uh, sl9art.com. All right. Well, safe, safe travels there through that fog across the chaotic waters this morning to your location, Dr. Dad. Thank you for that. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, all righty. Well, let's, uh, that's beautiful. Uh, a lot there. Uh, let's, uh, let's go out with this prayer, um, by, uh, St. Francis de Sales, our patrons, our saint of the day. This is his prayer. In the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Do not look forward in fear to the changes and chances of this life. Rather, look to them with full confidence that as they arise, God to whom you belong will in his love enable you to profit by them. He's guided you thus this, this far, so, and he will lead you safely through all trials. And when you cannot stand it, God will bury you in his arms. Do not fear what may happen tomorrow. The same Father who cares for you today will take care of you then and every day. Be at peace and put aside all anxious thoughts and imaginations. We pray this in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you so much for joining us. Get you back here tomorrow at 7 a.m. Central Time. Have a wonderful day. God bless. Wake Up is a production of Catholic Community Media.